From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom, and this is your Google Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs news story of the day. The draft is over. We are finally past that. Uh, at this point, they have done the digital draft, the virtual draft that they were going to do. I think it went over very well. I watched most of, uh, actually all of rounds one, two, and three, and a lot of rounds four through seven. Uh, Kansas City ended up making six picks when we thought they were only going to end up having five. Uh, their first round pick, we've already kind of talked about a little bit, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think that's a fantastic pick. Uh, I do think that that's going to be a great thing for Kansas City, and I think he's going to be a great weapon, uh, both in the running game and in the passing game for them. Then they really addressed some of their needed issues. Uh, They got Willie Gay from Mississippi State. He's going to be an inside linebacker for them, uh, or maybe the will linebacker for them. He's got speed to burn. He ran a 4.46, so that's a fantastic pick for them. They really needed to up their speed and up their ability at the linebacker position, as we've been talking about. Uh, then they went offensive tackle, Lucas, Lucas Niang from TCU. Uh, Lucas is going to probably be a tackle in the NFL eventually. It sounds like that they're looking to have him maybe compete at guard this year. So that's definitely a possibility. It's possible that he could be one of the starting guards uh, in 2020, which would be exciting to give them a little bit more in the middle of their offensive line, which they've really needed. Uh, then you have Legereus Sneed from Louisiana Tech, another player that has a lot of speed. Uh, I think he ran a 4.37 in the 40, which is a fantastic time for a corner. Uh, he is going to be a player that's played both safety and corner in college, played safety his last year in college and corner before that. But at this point, it sounds like they're planning on playing him at the corner position. And then you have Michael Dana, who played at Michigan. He's a defensive end. Uh, They said that he was always in the backfield. He was always getting sacks. He played at Central Michigan before he went to Michigan. So he's been in uh, that area for quite some time. And it sounds like he is going to be a rotational guy, probably somebody that's going to be more of a special teamer. Uh, We will dive into a lot of these draft picks later. uh, But at this point, it looks like he's going to be mostly special teamer and maybe somebody that they think can develop down the road. And then you have the Carius Keys, uh, but he will be going by Bo Pete Keys. And he is from Tulane. Uh, this is the guy that they traded back into the draft to get. It sounds like they gave up a sixth round pick in 2021 to be able to go back and get Keys because they wanted him this year. They drafted him in the seventh round at pick 237. Uh, it sounds like they didn't think that they were going to get be able to bring him in as an undrafted free agent, which is what they were wanting to do. So they went ahead and they traded a six-round pick this year to go and get him. So they picked two different corners at this point. A a speed linebacker, which they desperately needed. A defensive end, which, okay. And a running back who really could be some an extra piece. Think of Kareem Hunt and what he was able to do. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not quite the running back that Kareem Hunt was when it comes to breaking tackles, at least uh, physically. But he is going to be somebody that's going to be shaking and getting outside of tackles that way. So I do think that that's going to be a big upgrade for Kansas City at this point. You look at all of these picks, and I think Kansas City did a very good job. I think that they addressed some of their needs in both linebacker and corner. Uh, They went and got a piece of, of their offense that I think is really going to help them. And the bigger problem with picking for Kansas City this season is, like I said before, they really didn't have a lot of big weaknesses. They needed to get speedier at linebacker and they did that they needed to draft some corners and they did that so at this point 
they weren't going to be able to improve their team unless they really traded up in the first round to try to go get somebody. And that's just something that they weren't going to do because they didn't have enough picks to do that. Right now, they had six picks this year, and that's after trading to get one. Uh, and they're going to have six picks next year unless something happens with the compensatory picks. So at this point, the draft is over. And when we get back, I'm going to dive into a little bit more about these guys that they drafted this time uh, or the, in the 2020 draft. And we're going to talk about the undrafted free agents that they picked up after the draft. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up, you guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it out off outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's, lo- that's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Welcome back, Chiefs Kingdom, and we're going to talk about the undrafted free agents that Kansas City signed after the draft. They had, they signed 18 undrafted free agents, and here they are. Andre Baselia, uh, wide receiver Washington. Maurice French, wide receiver Pittsburgh. Oliva Hifo, wide receiver BYU. Kalija Lipscomb, uh, wide receiver Vanderbilt. Justice Shelton Mosley, wide receiver Vanderbilt. Cody White from Michigan State, another wide receiver. Yasir Durant, a tackle from Missouri. Javon Fair, a guard from Temple. Daryl Williams, center from Mississippi State. Treshawn Wharton, defensive tackle from Missouri S&T. Omari Cobb from Marshall. A linebacker, another linebacker, Brian Wright from Cincinnati. Safety, Rodney Clemens from SMU. Safety, Jalen Julius from Ole Miss. Corner, Hakeem Bailey from West Virginia. Corner, Javarius Davis from Auburn. Corner, Lavert Hill from Michigan. Punter, Tommy Townsend from Florida. Now, when you start looking at all these different names, one of the things that sticks out to me, and, and this is going to be something that's going to be fascinating over the next couple of weeks, is normally all these players would be coming to Kansas City in the next couple of weeks for a rookie minicamp. Uh, and then you would see a whole bunch of tryout guys that would be coming in. And some of these guys that have already been signed, these 18 that have been signed, would maybe be let go to take the place of the tryout guys. At this point in time, we have no idea when the Chiefs or any of the other NFL teams are going to be able to open up their practice facilities and be able to have any kind of on-field practices. At this point, we don't know if that's going to happen in May, if it's going to happen in June, or if it's going to happen uh, this year. So we will have to wait and see how that shakes out. So in the meantime, it sounds like most of these players are going to be getting their information from uh, videos and from Zoom meetings with coaches. And, and that's how this is going to work for the foreseeable future. What is that going to mean for all these different players? 
the bigger the question that it really comes down to is what's it going to mean for all the guys that would maybe show up at a tryout uh, during rookie minicamp and and get signed? They're not going to have an option. They're not going to have ways to get signed to teams this year. So that's going to definitely be something to look at and, and to wonder about. Then you start looking at, at all the different positions that they brought in. It looks like they brought in six different wide receivers uh, from all over the country. Uh, it looks like they have four, three linemen right now, uh, four if you count their own linemen that they drafted. Uh, and they didn't draft any wide receivers, so it's not surprising they brought in that many wide receivers. Uh, then you start looking at defensive linemen. They got a DN that they drafted. They have a DT that they brought in as an unrestricted free agent, or sorry, as an undrafted free agent couple of linebackers along uh, with Gay that you could put in there. Uh, and then safeties, they've got two safeties, and then they've got three CBs, and then you draft a two CBs. So you'll have five CBs there when you start talking about the rookie minicamp portion of this team. Uh, and then your special teamer and the punter from and Tommy Townsend from Florida. So you start looking at the breakdown and, and how this is going to shake out for Kansas City. The one thing that I'm going to be very interested in over the next couple of weeks is what are these guys going to do? What is the team going to do? How does each team in the NFL uh, go into a situation like this where you can't practice? You cannot get in front of these players face to face. You can't see how they're being able to handle the information, at least uh, you know, being in the same room with them. You're going to be able to use Zoom. You're going to be able to do those types of things. But all these players are going to be doing this from their home. They're not going to be able to stand up. They're not going to be uh, getting any kind, any kind of visual memory of being able to run through plays on a field. So that's going to be something that's going to be fascinating to watch how this season progresses and how the offseason progresses. Because at this point, again, like I said, we don't know when training camp is going to start. We don't know when they're going to be able to have OTAs or any of the rookie mini camps or any of the uh, veteran mini camps if they're going to have them this year. So that's going to be something to watch. All of these players, I would think, uh, you know, they have some really highly touted players, according to Gil Brandt. Uh, four of the people that they brought in as undrafted free agents are the top at their position or top two at their position. Uh, so that's a fantastic sign. And you start looking at some of the contracts they gave. I believe Daryl Williams got $107,000. Uh, so $100,000 guaranteed uh, on his salary. And then uh, $7,000 as a signing bonus. Those types of players... Uh, are going to have a better chance to stick and and maybe make this roster and maybe make the practice squad. So you have to wonder if you know he's going to have a leg up when you start looking at this. Another thing you look at when you're talking about a player like Daryl Williams is it's possible that they're looking at him as, as maybe somebody that can step in and take Austin Ryder's job. Maybe not this year, but maybe in 2021. Uh, they're going to have to replace Ryder at some point in the near future. He's I believe he's only under contract in 2020. So he's only got one year left on his deal. So you're going to have to either sign into a long term, a longer term extension or extension for a year, or you're going to have to replace him in some way, shape, or form. And, and really, they don't have anybody in the roster, maybe other than Nick Allegretti, uh, and that's going to be a big question mark as well. Uh, what was he able to do in the off season? What was he able to do to get ready for this season? One thing that does stick out to me is when you sit here and you look at the fact that they brought in six wide receivers. That says a lot. Uh, you start looking at uh, the wide receivers they brought in. They brought in some fast wide receivers. But they also brought in a whole bunch of wide receivers that were in one of the deepest wide receiver classes that the NFL has seen in years. Uh, although it does sound like it's possible that the 21, 2021 wide receiver class could be even better than the 2020 wide receiver class. So that's something to keep in mind for next year's draft. Uh, and that's a long way away, so we won't get into that very much. 
But it is interesting to look at bringing in six wide receivers. Uh, they normally have a ton of wide receivers, so I'm not too caught up on that. But really, when you start looking at this roster and you look at where they're going to have positions available, you've already got your top four set. And, and you could probably say your top five with Pringle being your fifth. So any of the wide receivers that they're bringing in right now are going to have a long, long shot to even make the roster, which undrafted free agents usually have. But it's going to be very hard for them to be able to do that, especially in a season where you're not going to be able to uh, have the normal practices and uh, show your skill set to the coaches uh, quicker than they nor than you know at least as quick as they normally would. Because if you're going through mini camps and you're able to do things, maybe you can open a, a, a coach's eyes at that point. But you're not going to have that ability because they're not going to watch you running on the field at this point. They're going to be talking to you, and they're going to be seeing what you can uh, get through and in, in understand in your brain. And that's going to be a big thing uh, going forward. So you start looking at what this wide receiver group is going to do. I, I don't expect that there's going to be anybody on this wide receiver group that's going to make the team. But they're going to have a harder time than any of the other undrafted free agents, mainly because the position is so full with already five guys more than likely on the team at this point. Uh, and a situation where you're not going to be able to show out in shorts like you normally would at a rookie minicamp or at maybe even a veteran minicamp or at the starting and training camp uh, in OTAs and that type and those types of times. Because when you're in shorts, you can show a little bit more than when you get the pads on. So it's going to be very fascinating to see how this shakes out this season. So we already kind of talked about the undrafted free agents that Kansas City was able to add after the draft. And it looks like they have a lot of players that uh, could come in and actually compete, not necessarily for jobs, but maybe for jobs, not for 53-man jobs, but maybe practice squad positions. So that'll be something to watch definitely in the offseason, especially with, like we've discussed already, how this offseason is going to play out. But let's go ahead and dive into their 4th, 5th, and 7th round picks really quick and go into a little bit deeper of a dive on those players. First off was Legereus Sneed. Uh, he is from uh, Louisiana Tech. He played in uh, Conference USA, and he was all-Conference USA, second-team honors. Uh, he had 73 tackles, including 3.5 for a loss, and with 3 interceptions and 9 passes defensed. Now, during his senior season, he played safety for for this team. And at that point, uh, Kansas City's already come out and said that they're going to play him at corner. So that is a big thing that is going to be working in his favor. He actually played better as a junior and a sophomore at corner at that position than he did when he was a senior and playing at safety. Uh, he does have a lot of speed, so I think that's obviously going to be something that's going to help him uh, when he comes to Kansas City. And I do think that that is going to be something that they're going to be needing this season, especially when you start looking at the other draft classes that the other AFC West teams had. They did one thing, and that was draft wide receivers with speed, uh, both in Oakland, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas, I apologize, and in Denver. So that's going to be something that you're going to have to watch out for. So you're going to get a guy in Davis who I think is, or I'm sorry, you're going to get a guy in Sneed who is going to be able to come in and contribute on special teams the first year. It's possible he's a guy that's going to push for playing time this season, but we'll have to wait and see uh, if we can get to training camp and see how he's able to pick things up on the field. Uh, he is going to be going from Louisiana Tech to the NFL, so that is going to be quite uh, the change in the competition. When you start looking at their fifth round pick, their fifth round pick was Mike Dana from Michigan. 
Uh, he played at Central Michigan before he transferred to Michigan. So he was drafted in the fifth round, number 177 overall. Um, at this point, he did showcase his skills at the East-West Shrine game, East-West Shrine Bowl game in January. So he's able to take advantage of that. Uh, but it's not something that is going to be something that he's going to step in and be a big contributor early on. Uh, he is looked at as a little bit more of a project. Um, you know, he had 66 tackles in 2018 at Central Michigan, including 15 for a loss and nine and a half sacks. So he was very good at Michigan, uh, or sorry, at Central Michigan. Uh, going to Michigan, that's obviously a step up in competition. Uh, he is a six foot two player. Uh, around 257 pounds at the Shrine Bowl, played closer to 255 during the season, uh, but did bulk up to play at Michigan to around 270 pounds. So a little bit heavier at Michigan than he was at Central Michigan, and that really kind of slowed him down in, in the production. Uh, when it comes to Kansas City, I think he's going to be playing closer to the 255 mark, maybe around 260, 265. Well, and as you start looking at defensive end, unless you're a situational pass rusher, that's probably not going to be heavy enough. So they may have, end up having to work on uh, building some bulk for him and really getting him going that way. Uh, so that's going to be something that you're going to have to look at uh, when you start looking at what Dana can do in this in this defense. Uh, it does look like they have the opportunity and, or the thought, at least right now, that maybe they're going to make him a three-tech in uh, you know some of the sub-packages, and that's maybe something that he can step in and do. So that's kind of where they're looking at. Uh, with Dana at this point, um, and he is joining Frank Clark, who also went to Michigan, so you know he's going to uh, listen to Clark, and he's going to get a lot of information from him, so that's a great sign for that, uh, and then you look at the last guy that they went and got, they traded in back into the seventh round to go get Tulane CB, Bo Peak Keys, uh, like, we, like I stated earlier, uh, they traded a 2021 sixth-round selection to Tennessee to be able to go and get this guy because they did not think that he would either make it as a priority for a free agent or that they were able they were going to be able to bid outbid the other teams that were going to be wanting his services, uh, and that's going to be something that you're going to be probably looking at in the future for Kansas City uh, because. Like I've said a little bit earlier, Kansas City is going to be looked at as a roster that's going to be mainly complete, uh, and there's not going to be a lot of guys at the lower end that are going to be able to step in and keep a job in the NFL. Um, yes, it's great to be on a championship team, but the question is for a lot of these guys, can they make the roster? Uh, and that's going to be harder on a championship team than it's going to be anywhere else. So Keys is going to be somebody that is probably going to struggle uh, at least this season, uh, in a transitional role, uh, I would imagine he's going to be looked at and he's going to be used as mostly a special teamer this season. Uh, but it does sound like he has a lot of confidence in himself and that's going to be something that is definitely going to be very useful. He is six foot one, 202 pounds, and he has a 78 and one quarter inch wing wingspan. So he has the length and the size, he has the size and the length that the Chiefs really like at corner. So that's a great thing. Uh, the question is, is how quickly can he turn it around and be productive in the NFL? This is going to be a very interesting offseason for him because, again, when you're not going to be in front of the coaches, you're not going to be able to work on your technique near as much uh, because they're just not going to be able to be able to be there in front and coach you the, the, the way they normally would. So that's going to be something to watch this season. Keys is going to be a player that I think makes the roster at the end of the season, or I'm sorry, at the end of cutdown. 
but I don't think he's going to play a big role in the Chiefs' plans this season. I think he's going to be more of a rotational guy. But it is interesting because right now the Kansas City Chiefs already lo were looking at themselves as having four corners that they expected to make the roster. If Keys makes the roster and then you also have uh, Sneed make the roster, then you're going to be carrying six corners, which is not out of the question for Kansas City because they have done that uh, multiple different times. But it's going to be a big question mark is in how you're going to get this roster constructed. Uh, and that's definitely going to be something that you're going to have to watch out for. Um, because, you know, the nice thing is Sneak can play most, multiple positions. He's going to be able to play safety uh, and, and sub in a, a, in different packages, uh, kind of like Kendall Fuller did at times. Uh, but you would expect that they're going to want him mostly at corner. Uh, and then you have, like I said, Keys, and he's going to be a guy that I think is also going to be making the roster, but I don't think he's going to be playing when the season starts or even be somebody that's going to be active uh, when the season starts. He's probably going to be one of those guys that's going to be sitting and learning this entire year for 2020. That is going to be it for us today. Thank you very much for listening. Ryan and I will have you covered on the NFL Draft and how the Chiefs did and all these different players that they drafted and the undrafted free agents that they signed. Uh, so be looking for that as the week goes on, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.